I think we can start figuring out the media based on not how many times they lie, but how many times they tell the truth. That would be very, very helpful. Like, take this photo of Miami Beach. There's a picture out. You might see it on your social media feeds. It was shared by uh, Fernand Amandi. I don't know who that is. An MSNBC uh, analyst, a University of Miami professor. Okay, I, I 94,000 followers. Sure. And he puts out a photo, shows a large concentration of people together on the beach, and says, today's center of the COVIDiots universe is Miami Beach, Florida. See, they're the COVIDiots. They're the people who are going to get the COVID and give the COVID and do things with the COVID, and they're COVIDiots. There's just a problem. The photo is from 2019. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, so good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, at Tony Katz. Uh, you can always email Tony at TonyKatz.com. People see this photo, and they're like, uh, this is not this is not right. They were able to go to a picture of the Sun Sentinel, March of 2019, and say, there it is. There's, there it is. The story here is that it gets picked up by Joy Reid, who can't stop either lying or uh, engaging in full-on critical race theory, anti-racism nonsense. And she uh, quote tweets it, meaning she, she shares the picture with everybody and she puts her own little message on it and says that's literally, that literally looks like a microscopic image of a Petri dish. It is all about... What story can you tell, not whether the story is true? And this is why every single thing on social media must be met with skepticism, not believability. It must be met with skepticism because none of these people are indeed to be trusted. One of the people who isn't to be trusted is Aaron Rupar. Now, we're getting a little bit into the weeds here. And if you're not somebody who is following things online regularly, well, then this might be a little, a little heady. I share it with you because it falls into this proper story. This story of how people see things, say things, and do things. Let me give you the example of why it matters. Aaron Rupar is with a site called Vox, V-O-X. And anything read from Vox, I argue, should be taken with all the grains of salt, and you should go find proof of what it is they just said. One of the things you may have heard about, was about how a a law enforcement official talking about the guy who murdered eight people in, in Atlanta. And what you may have heard is that 
yesterday was a really bad day for him, and this is what he did, meaning how law enforcement explained the murder of eight. Calling it a bad day, saying that the suspect was having a bad day, would be absolutely terrible. That's an ugly thing to say. The suspect had a bad day. And that's why he went about killing people. That's how Aaron Rupar of Vox put the story out to the world. That story that he put out got 30,000 likes. However, that isn't what the officer said. The officer was relaying what it is the suspect said as part of the statement that he made. You know who pointed that out? Matthew Iglesias. Matthew Iglesias is a co-founder of Vox and then left because them people be nuts and he actually thinks, well, I disagree with him on everything politically. He actually thinks people should be free to speak. And he's now pointing out the gross nature by which the the site he created, their people are sharing stories. Now those stories, 30,000 people, and it spreads out from there, gets retweeted by other people, and it grows in that way, and that's why it matters. That's why I'm sharing it with you now. Just like what it is uh, that happens here on, on Twitter with this photo. The photo's a lie. The photo is a lie. Now, that doesn't mean that people haven't been gathering for spring break. Yes, they've been gathering for spring break, but there were lots of ways to show how people were gathered, and you didn't need to use a fake photo to do it. By the way, the fake photo is still up on this guy's Twitter feed because it doesn't matter that it's not true. What mattered is that he could use it to hurt other people the people he politically disagrees with. Now, this one just came out. And this one, I, I, I'm trying, I'm trying, forgive me, my computer won't open up, so I'm not going to be able to share it. I'll share it later, I promise. These lies get told and get shared and get repeated. And these lies become part of the story. They become part of the thing. So it is up to us to ensure that we don't allow it to occur. That's why I'm sharing it with you. Now look, there there are a million stories out there. But if you're going to now further the, the, the conversation or further the idea that this murderer in Atlanta, uh, the police are like, oh, I just, guy just had a bad day, that's all. That, it's an attack on cops. It's saying, look how they protect the white suspect. It's all of those things wrapped into one. And not a single part of it happened. Now, let me bring you another story, one that I I had last week, but I wasn't able last week to ensure that it was legit. I had no reason to think that it was fake, but I will tell you that I do double check and triple check stories.
And this is a story of Representative Jeff Andrew. Now, Jeff Andrew is out of New Jersey. He's a Republican. But he was a Democrat. He switched during the Trump years. There is a local member of the press writing at something called the Ocean City Sentinel who is not happy with Jeff Van Drew and left this voice message for him. Now, uh, Producer Ari, I think it's clean, but how about uh, hand on the dumb button, finger on the dumb button just in case? Okay. Let's listen to this message. 3.03 p.m. Mr. Van Drew, this is John McCall. I live in Ocean City. I have been a member of the New Jersey Press Association since 1982. You once appeared at my house years ago, and I complimented you on the fact uh, that you were one of the few politicians who had ever actually spoken to us uh, directly, and I have supported you ever since. He announces who he is. He admits to who he is. And Jeff Van Drew is the one who shared this call. Listen. Uh, Since your betrayal of our party and your treasonous loyalty to the worst degenerate who has ever occupied the presidency in the United States history, I can only say that I would swear to your demise as a politician. And I believe that you personally are degenerate. Uh, As a member of the New Jersey Press Association, I will do everything in my power to ensure that you are deposed, if not dead. Anything I can do basically get you out of office i will do you are a traitor jeff andrew and you deserve the fate of all traitors yeah that's a death threat that's a death threat and i wasn't sure i had to double check well now we're getting word that the story this guy has actually been printing these things printing them op-eds going out according to jeff drew uh he said literally how would my wife feel if she was grabbed by her crotch picked up and slammed down on the car um look this is a story that should have people up in arms and should have the entirety of Congress saying, we agree or disagree with Jeff Andrews' politics, but this is unacceptable. What are you hearing? What are you hearing except nothing? This is a story you're not even getting. I just wanted to make sure the story was legit. I heard the machine. I'm like, I don't know if I can. What do I do with that? It's just a machine. Now I've got him talking about it, going on Sunday Morning Futures with Marie Bartiromo, laying claim, of course, to it, saying this actually happened. Madness is afoot. You have members of the press threatening members of Congress. Zero happens. They don't even talk about it.
You have members of the press lying, and in some cases actively lying, to hurt their political enemies, and nobody calls it out. And when the press gets upset, the national media gets upset that people say you're the enemy of the people. And they're like, how dare you? Do you do you not see it? There comes a moment there come where you see it. There comes a moment where you're like, oh, wait, oh, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on, guys. I think this is us. I, you know what? I think we're doing. Look, look, look here, here, here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna draw five dots, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna connect them all. Look at that. It starts over here and ends over there. That's us. That's us. Look what we're doing. Our... Nothing. Nothing. If you're willing to ignore a member of the press threatening to kill a member of Congress, by the way, I'm pretty sure you go to jail for that. I'm pretty sure you go to jail for that. Pretty sure you're not allowed to threaten people. When you when you put out stories that are clearly false and you manipulate the story to move narrative so it'll hurt other people politically. What trust, what faith? What faith should we have in you? And until you can say the answer to that question is none, we should work on it, the answer will be none. We should have no faith in you, and you should work on that. I'm Tony Katz. April 15th. That is my prediction. I want you to write it down. I have done a 180. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Andrew Cuomo out of office by April 15th. What would make me say such a thing? Well, it has to do with the fact that Andrew Cuomo is a psychopath no maybe that's the right word well you know what i'll let you decide first you have eight women who have accused him of some level of sexual impropriety it's obvious to even uh the most uh unwitting uh, observer i think that's the term uh he's doing something that's making people feel uncomfortable I don't think everything is a crime the likes of which you resigned from. Maybe some of it is. Certainly 15,000 people dead because of your orders, including lying about those orders. That's a crime but for which you should not be able to, to go back to your job. You're going to have to deal with that. But I've said, you know, it's Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York. So what that he had a, a nursing home policy that said, you send people back to the nursing home, they don't go anywhere else, and if you don't listen to us, you don't get any funding nursing homes. So what? So what that he lied about the numbers of dead and didn't share them with his own party and claimed to be filling out things for, for the federal government but didn't get it to the state government stuff because he was worried about Trump, that none of that was true? Forget about it. What are you, crazy? Oh, sure, some women didn't like the fact that he talked about his big hands or asked if he wanted to play strip poker or uh, do you mind older men? No, 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 it's all totally fine. Or that he would grab a hold of you and not let you go. People have been so far. This is gross, but he's not gone. He's he's just going to pull Ralph Northam and hold on. This was the latest New York Times podcast. 
revealing a 2018 telephone call between Andrew Cuomo and Bill Lipton, who heads up the Working Families Party. So the Working Families uh, Party is a very liberal, liberal party. And they, at that party, backed uh, Cynthia Nixon over Cuomo in the primary in 2018. And then after Nixon lost, they decided to support Cuomo in the general election as a better alternative to the Republican Mark Bellinaro. And they were going to say, you know what? Um, their line is going to be that we have differences, but our differences with Republicans are far greater. Right? That's what the party was going to say. That working families party was going to say. Cuomo responded, if you ever say, well, he's better than a Republican again, then I'm going to say you're better than a child rapist. How about that? That was Cuomo's response to someone giving their support saying, listen, this is how we're going to say it. We've got our differences with you, but our differences with Republicans are far greater. And then Cuomo repeated, I think you're better than a child rapist. That's who he is, guys. That's the rough-and-tumble love gov himself that everybody, celebrities and, and, and uh, pseudo-intellectual writers like Molly Jong Fast and all others, all oh, they were in love, and he was leading us through such a tough and turbulent time. This is who he is. This is the rough and tumble of who he is. Now, maybe this is nothing more than the inner workings and, 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 and us getting the inside of where the politics are of trying to get what you need and applying pressure in all the ways. Maybe it's just a pure example of what a scumbag Andrew Cuomo is. I think it's the latter. And I think as people saying, all right, no, 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 he did the thing with the girls. This is just who he is. Just who he is. It's who he is. It's what he's all about. So I'm saying April 15th. I could be wrong. I could have gone with the original and he he lasts his way through. I'm thinking people need a win and getting him out is the win. I'm Tony Katz. Brian Stelter, like so many at CNN, has a weird obsession fetish with Fox News. This is getting this is getting Glenn Close boil the bunny kind of time. It's creepy. Tony Katz, so good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY. Would love to hear from you. 833-468-8669. It's a discussion of the vaccine. And, and there's news, right? AstraZeneca, their vaccine is, is, is what, like 75% effective? Is that where we were with AstraZeneca? This is a very, very big deal. 79% in preventing symptomatic illness and 100% against severe disease and hospitalization. So, everyone likes to focus on what Pfizer and Moderna have with the 95%. Please don't get me wrong, it's amazing. Then they take a look at Johnson & Johnson and say, hmm, only 69%. It's one shot, not two. It's 69% effective against preventing illness. And it also works to lessen the issues all the way around. What the AstraZeneca finding is, is that 79% effective in preventing the illness, 100% effective against keeping you from dying from it. So whether you want to view it as the vaccine or the therapeutic, I in this case, you would of course view it as the vaccine, but you get my point. It 
has an incredible amount to offer. Incredible amount to offer. This was also the vaccine they said uh, was increasing uh, the possibility of blood clots in Norway and European nations said, well, we're going to hold off on this. We did not find it. And also, we should note that if you actually read the stories out of those um, issues, they said they weren't sure either. They only knew they had this connectivity piece thus far. And not that all of uh, the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine was, was, you know, it's not all creating an issue. We don't know if it's creating an issue in the slightest. This is fantastic news. And it's because of things like this that we should be a society that is very clearly saying, get out there and enjoy. We have the vaccine from Pfizer and Moderna, from Johnson & Johnson, now from AstraZeneca, which should be approved soon. We have therapeutics from Merck and Eli Lilly. First things first, Big Pharma is awesome. Can we get a little hand for Big Pharma? Can I get a little something? Producer Ari, nothing, really? Woo! You're terrible at this. Big Pharma, which has saved the world. United States Big Pharma. Pfizer. Lily. Merck, right? That's what happened. Saved the world. These evil, terrible drug companies that are getting people all sorts of addicted... If you're lying about your pill, chances are someone's going to go to jail and pay a fine that's pretty huge. But Big Pharma is necessary and good and valuable. Breaking the law isn't. Being able to be to get the dollars, to get other, uh, regulation out of the way so you can go about, I don't know, being smart, good on us. Don't forget that world. China didn't save you. We did. The extra 4 million doses, like I think I think there was like 4 million doses that's going to Mexico. People are like, you're sending 4 million doses to Mexico? Yeah, I would too. As a matter of just sheer safety, if we're talking about being honest about what, what health is, if you have people who are crossing the border illegally or legally and they're coming from the southern border, you're going to want to make sure they don't have any diseases to the best of your ability. Giving them the vaccine is absolutely in our best interest. Well, Tony, we should shut down the border. I don't disagree with you, especially with what we're seeing today. But the issue is still, how do you ensure the safety of the American people? And you do that by getting those people vaccinated. Just think of, think of the full picture and you'll see that there's a value there, right? There is a value there. But when you have these vaccines, when you have these therapeutics that reduce seriously the severity of COVID, you create an open society, just like the one we should already be having, because people should not live in fear. We talked about the spring break story, right? People all over Miami Beach, and they're setting curfews at 8 p.m., and police are having to get into fights with spring breakers and shooting pepper balls at them, which makes the spring breakers, of course, morons. But... They should be out on spring break. You should be out in a restaurant. In, in Indianapolis, right, we've got the, the NCAA tournament. March Madness is here. And oh, my bracket, producer Ari, my bracket is a, is a mess. I think everyone's is like that. Right? Illinois out. Uh, Ohio State out. You've got Loyola. Chicago, that's in, was it, they're in Sweet 16, right? Yep. And then, and then you've got uh, Abilene Christian. Are they in the Sweet 16? Uh, if they win today, 
right? Uh, but they, they beat Texas. And then you've got Oral Roberts. Good Lord! Right, I said Ohio State out, right? So, I mean, just un- Ohio State and Florida they beat. It's crazy what's going on. Like, the first time, I, right, I'm not the expert on college basketball at all. Uh, but in terms of actual madness, like, wow, this is interesting, really close games. I mean, even from the play-in games with, like, Drake and Wichita State, it's been good. There's been good basketball. It's been fun. Even for a guy who's totally not into it like myself. It's been fun to watch. And I think that that CBS and, 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 and the NCAA have got to feel pretty good about what's happened so far. Because now it gets really interesting and, and, and fun. Right? So people are all over Indianapolis, and they're having a good time, and they're out at restaurants, and they're at a bar, and they've got a drink in their hand, and there are people clutching their pearls saying, oh, no, we're going to have ourselves a super spreader moment. No, we're not. We didn't have a super spreader moment from the Super Bowl. All the times people gathered over the summer to protest this and riot that, we didn't get super spreader events. It's a lie. They make it up. They want you to live in fear. You should not live in fear. You should not live in fear when there are four vaccines and now multiple therapeutics. Everyone should be back to their life. Everyone should be back to living their life and doing their thing. All restaurants should be open. All bars should be open. All businesses should be open. All hotels should be open 100% and there should be no mask mandates. That doesn't mean you shouldn't wear a mask. You may want to. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. But living in fear is ridiculous nonsense, babyish trash. And these people, these people should push away. Everyone should say, we simply want no part of it. Absolutely, positively, none. Then people are going to say, well, the problem is not enough people are getting the vaccine. And you know whose fault that is? Fox News. That's what Brian Stelter is trying to sell on his show, Reliable Sources. The audience has come back at Fox. The audience has come back. Right. But, you know, they're coming back for opinion shows that are, in some cases, spreading misinformation about vaccines. Look, I think it's important to note that yeah. Fox hosts are saying one thing while management's doing another. Don't watch what they say. Watch what they do. Right. Yeah. So this week, Lachlan Murdoch announced another delay in returning to office as a Fox Corporation. Uh, now the new date is September, as it is for other news organizations. Rupert Murdoch, by the way, you know, was able to get vaccinated months ago in the U.K. Yeah. Uh, and that was big news. And yet... I I've noticed, Dr. Reiner, almost nobody on Fox's airwaves has talked about getting the shot. We haven't seen photos of Sean Hannity getting the vaccine. Certainly not Tucker Carlson. Uh, Juan Williams said he was going to said, said he got it, and uh, I think uh, Trey Gowdy promoted the vaccine the other day. But there's not that kind of effort on Fox's air to say, "Hey, this is safe. It's it's smart. Get take the vaccine." That's what we're doing. They're not showing that leadership that other networks are showing. Well, if I were you, I wouldn't watch then. This is his show on CNN saying they're lacking leadership over there uh, at, at Fox. Did they or did they not have Donald Trump on the air with Maria Bartiromo to say, yeah, take the vaccine. I think it works. 
What else did you want them to do? You really does he really think that Sean Hannity getting a shot is going to be the answer? You know, if Sean Hannity gets a shot on Fox. You know what they're going to say? Oh, look at that poser, trying to look good for his audience. I bet there's apple juice in that shot. It's not not even a shot. Is it bleach? Is he injecting himself with bleach like his leader Trump told him to? I don't know. I assume that's the voice that they would use right there. Is it bleach that they're using? <laughs> you know, you lied about it being bleach. He never said uh, bleach. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> I assume that's what they sound like again. It wouldn't matter. But, but maybe to a, a larger point, you getting or not getting the vaccine, is that because Sean Hannity got it or because your doctor recommended it? Which one is it? If you're getting a shot because the people at CNN got the shot, what else are you doing because the people at CNN are doing it? Do you not think for yourself? This is a strange, awkward, perfectly Brian Stelter argument being made here. It has no value. It's not news. But it allows him to hate on Fox, which is, of course, the purpose of CNN these days. I'm Fingers Malloy with the Bourbon Minute brought to you by the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast. The Whiskey Wash reports that Woodford Reserve recently announced the arrival of the latest version of their limited edition, high-proof release, Woodford Reserve Batch Proof. Packaged in a new bottle design compared to previous years, this 128.3 proof expression is part of Woodford Reserve's Master's Collection series, which pays tribute to master distiller Chris Morris and assistant master distiller Elizabeth McCall. The limited edition release is available at U.S. and global retailers with a suggested retail price of $130. For more information on this, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eatdrinksmoke. This was the Bourbon Minute brought to you by Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's your cigar bourbon foodie radio extravaganza. Check it out on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast platform. Eat, drink, smoke. So there is a uh, guy who works over at Facebook. His name is Benny Thomas. As uh, read here, uh, he's with Global Planning. Talking about how Facebook worked to register people during the election and how that helped Joe Biden. We got something. <laughs> so, really, in those yeah. Wow, registering 4.5 million voters. That's a lot. We made a big difference. That's, yeah. I'm pretty sure we won that way. <laughs> exactly. what, do you, what do you think? Exactly. I think so too. Well, if you're registering people to ensure a victory, you're not so much registering people so they can vote. Something you're going to have to answer for, most certainly. Tony Katz, good to be with you. His name is Representative Dean Phillips. I can't tell you I'm familiar with him. He's out of uh, Minnesota, and he's a Democrat. But he stands opposed to House Democrats looking to overturn an election that was certified by the state of Iowa. There is an incoming representative, Marionette Marionette Miller-Meeks. 
she defeated Rita Hart, the Democrat, by six votes. Ooh, that's tight. There are only five more ways it could be tighter. And it's been certified. She wins. The Hart people are claiming, oh, no, 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 there's 22 votes. And if we count those extra 22 votes that are somehow weren't counted, we'd win by nine or 15 or something like that. Well, that's not happening. And so you have the uh, you, 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 you have the, the state of Iowa saying she won. Democrats are considering overturning the election. This can happen. The House can refuse to seat someone. They have this power. So they're actually considering it. Understand when they do it, it's fine. When you question the election, you're trying to uh, destroy the country and you're a racist. Just so we're clear how they see it. Representative Dean Phillips says losing a House election by six votes is painful for Democrats, but overturning it in the House would be even more painful for America. Just because a majority can does not mean a majority should. Now we're going to find out how many Democrats are willing to stand up. I will tell you that the Republicans made a mistake. The National Republican Congressional Committee, their spokesman is Mike Berg, right? Happy with what happened, but here's how he says it. We're glad Representative Phillips took our advice and came out against Nancy Pelosi's toxic attempt to overturn a state-certified election. Representative Phillips' vulnerable colleagues should follow his lead. Now, first, that, that, that last part is making the, the overture of, you get to keep your seat if you do this right. Maybe we won't run anybody against you. Maybe we won't give them any love. But you don't say we're glad Representative Phillips took our advice. You say we're glad Representative Phillips came to the conclusion that it's wrong to support what Nancy Pelosi is doing here, which is toxic in an attempt to overturn a state-certified election. Took our advice. You're insulting the guy who's doing the thing that you want. Doesn't help you any. It only makes him say, you know what? Screw it. You want to get rough and tumble? I'll get rough and tumble. There you go. There you go. Democrats will be like, good for you. You see what those are? You see the Republicans are? Good for you. Here's a couple of bucks for your campaign, kid. Have a nice day. Just dumb from Mike Berg over the Republican Congressional Committee. But what Nancy Pelosi is trying to do is ugly as sin. Ugly as sin. But understand that they are true believers that the ends justify the means. They are believers in saying uh, that it doesn't matter what it takes to be victorious, just become victorious. That's it. That's where they are at. Do not kid yourself. This is who they are. It's about the power. That's it. It's all about the power.